0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are watching or listening. This is the Holistic Monitor, and I'm your host, Nick Sconia. The Holistic Monitor podcast is a weekly show featuring guest interviews with discussions about self-discovery, philosophy, spirituality, and our relationship with the world around us. Your support this last year has meant the world to me. And you can now go to HolisticMonitor.com to support the topics you want to hear with our new show merchandise, featuring hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. You can also support us by simply sharing your favorite episode with your followers. And with that, let's get the show started. And I'm your host, Nick Sconia, and this is The Holistic Monitor. Today we have a special guest, Carl Kalimann, who is an author of many books exploring the ancient civilization of the Mayan and ancient civilizations in general, as well as the quantum universe. And we're going to be discussing his new book, The Living Universe, as well as the Mayan civilization. So please welcome Carl Kalimann. Thank you. Hey, Good. hey, how are we doing? Thanks for having me. We're doing All
1: fine.
0: Right. So uh, you have authored a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which I bought. Uh, I want to say in two thousand eight or nine. Uh, that was the, uh, the Mayan. Uh, it was a Mayan book. It was about the calendar, uh, the transformation of consciousness.
1: Yes, the Mayan and calendar and the transformation of consciousness.
0: Yes, very good book. It was very eye opening for me. Uh, my history with astrology, I went through a couple phases with astrology where I learned new techniques, how to do Western fixed astrology. And it kind of morphed and changed the dynamics of my chart. And I learned different things about myself and it adjusted again. And I learned more things and some things were corrected. I got into the Mayan calendar, the Mayan uh, means of astrology. And I glommed on to what was readily available, which was the uh, Jose Arguez calendar version of telling the date. And uh, I was assigned in that. But then I found that there was an actual calendar that's still used and a tracking of time that is more aligned to a true time, apparently. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, the Zulkan mm-hmm. calendar. And uh, my my uh, my day sign shifted and I was able to adjust to that completely understandable uh, how things move around. And we're all different. We're all the different aspects of the sun just in different uh, strengths or uh, magnitudes. Right. Okay. Uh, Then um, I read your book and it had an adjustment for the long count, which uh, is a very grand calendar that spans many thousands of years. Right. Uh, but you had an adjustment on in that book to, I believe it was a year earlier than the 2012, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Now, um, how important and, and uh, there's a lot to this, obviously, but how important is it to have an accurate point to start at with the calendar?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it, 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 that's good. It's a good big uh, question <laughs> at least in many different directions. Uh, you know, to to begin with, I I must uh, you know let you people know that uh, uh, the calendar that uh, Jose Arguez um, invented was based on his own and and his wife at the time. They now have both passed, but they. They were both, uh, they were based on their both birthdays. Mm. So they 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 used the same symbols that the Maya have been using for thousands of years. But then they moved it around in order to make themselves get the master numbers 11 and mm. 22. Wow. And uh, this is k- kind of fraudulent. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, uh, but it's not inconsequential because you know uh, people unbeknownst to themselves as fo- by following the his calendar, they were sort of giving energy to something he had created that was different from what the Maya uh, ever used, and also from from what the Mayan elders today uh, are, are are practicing. So uh, to begin with, you know, you will always find uh, that people resonate to this or that, and you could probably devise any kind of calendar, and you'll find that there is a bunch of people that feel that that's exactly right, and it fits them, and so forth. But in this case, uh, uh, it it really had the consequence that it became sort of an ego-based calendar, because that's how it was defined. And uh, uh, that's... um, that's one aspect of, of how important is it uh, to be right, um, but then the, the, you have the other aspect, uh, in, in the big picture. Because when I when we talk about the tzolkin, we're talking about the the so-called sacred calendar of two hundred and sixty days, uh, which is a daily calendar. Mostly, it's used as a daily calendar where every day has a. Dis- uh, energy and if you're born in one of these particular days it will shape you in in a certain way Um, but then there's uh, the whole bigger uh, question about how well do calendars describe the course of events of of humankind and actually of of the entire universe uh, as I would say and as I developed maybe especially in my most recent book, The Living Universe. But um, uh, it, what difference th- did it make to have it uh, um, the, 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 uh, October 28, 2011, rather than December twenty-first, uh, two 2012? Well, it had consequences, because it, most people probably will not recall it, but the year 2011, which then is, was in, in my way of counting uh, with the corrections I've done based on what I know from the uh, ancient Maya, uh, the, the year 2011 should have been a, a very significant uh, time and as it turned out it was quite a, a you might say revolutionary time that was the year of the of of the uh, occupy movement it was the year of the arab spring and mm-hmm. it, it, both of those uh, were actually expressions of of that kind of oneness that you you would expect from the ninth wave that was activated at in the beginning of the year uh, 2011. So, so far so good. It really did predict that uh, something came out uh, at this point. Then it shifted over, and, and that's a long story for us to go into at this point. But by, by having the right uh, date there, I did predict correctly that, that when this ninth wave would be activated. And, and we saw a, a number of, of effects of, of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say consistently, you know, it seemed like people had the idea that the world would change on a single date. Like, especially then, December 21, 2012. And I consistently said, nothing will happen on that date. Nothing did happen on that date. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, but what did happen was that a lot of people that have been misled, in my view, uh, became uh, uh, disappointed with the Mayan calendar and thought that that has no uh, spiritual place, uh, which I think is completely wrong, uh, even to this date. Uh, so it, it it really does matter a, a lot, um, uh, but usually it would take for somebody to deep, the uh, no, so dive fairly deep in, into yeah. the calendar to see this.
0: Well, and I think that, um, you know, it, it's a grand scale, too. So it's hard yeah. for people to see it in the minutiae, in the, in the little bits of their life, if they're not looking at the grander scheme of things. And I just had to take a look. Fukushima was also, in 2011, right. a very uh, important um shift in the mind as to our influence on the planet and yeah. the um, result of such a thing having uh, man-made uh, sun fire or nuclear fire all over the planet potentially able to destroy our ability to live on this planet becoming very uh, uh, obvious in 2011. yeah not in a good way it's still still yep. has problems i think there's they're having to dump the water into the ocean because they just ran. they just don't have the capacity to overcome uh this nuclear power this this man-made fire that is just uh um ungodly in a sense yep. and um so there's definitely it was a lot of shifts that happened that year. So uh, to mark and I, and I think uh, in 2000, I don't remember it was very early on in my experience at the Mayan where I, I think it was the early 2000s where I stopped thinking about it as a means of mass destruction, but more in what I was using it for as well, which was consciousness and, mm-hmm. in, a, and in a way that we relate to each other and to our and to ourself. Yeah. and uh, less so on this cataclysmic uh, yeah. event. Now I asked somebody in two, in 1997, I said, well, what, you know, I was just starting to get into the Mayan. And I said, I asked somebody that had some knowledge about it at the time. And he said, I don't really know, but uh, what they, wh-, this is what he said. And this is just a random person in 1997 talking about the, what the Mayans knew. He said, the Mayans knew that the, the sun had three axeses and they are looking at one of the axes to slip and in doing so create a wave of gravity that will you know twist our poles and make the water on the planet just crash left and right basically or up and down or something like that yeah sounds quite horrible and you see it in the movies <laughs> you know there it is yeah. you know yeah. massive walls of water crashing and and not that that's not an actuality for a pole shift a massive upheaval and major change but um probably not what the minds were talking about minds were talking about consciousness Mm -hmm. Um, in your research uh it looks like to me that you you got into the mind pretty early on in your uh in your career and Mm -hmm. it it did sign what it did to me which it kind of took over your life and it was became part of who you were and uh, you can't shake them. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. You know, their, their consciousness kind of makes sense and resonates. And, um, and you've made quite a bit of uh, uh, re- realizations, I guess I could say, out of mm-hmm. delving into what the uh, calendar uh, can reveal. Yeah. Um, how would you look at the calendar for the everyday person? How can they tap into... Uh, what the Mayans presented and present uh, for the everyday person how can they like access it and gain out of it
1: yeah um, yeah meaning what would be the first steps so to speak yeah and uh, well one of the first steps is really I would say is to maybe follow the the sacred calendar of 260 days and and uh, the true, calendar of 260 days, and then sort of feel uh, to, to what extent that the following that, uh, the shifting energies, how, the, how well the shifting energies are described by that uh, ancient uh, source, um, that, <clears throat> that would, if nothing else, it would give the, the person uh, an inroad to feeling that, yeah, there is something here that also obviously influenced my own personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's one thing. Then, then there is the bigger picture, I would say, and that is to uh, to realize that there is a time plan involved here. What, what the Maya were uh, devoted to doing was to uh, develop, to understand the cosmic time plan and this time plan goes back uh, even to the Big Bang or even to the uh, time a little bit before the Big Bang. Um, and it's all a time plan about the evolution of consciousness. So it, it provides an understanding of who we are and how, who. Uh, all living things are that goes much beyond what, what you would get from official science, uh, which would rather, you know, they would talk about the origin of, of the universe as being certain particles and uh, explosions here and there and so forth, but no real uh, understanding that the primary purpose of the universe is to create life and have life over the millennia, over the millions or billions of years to develop uh, life with certain frames of consciousness. And it's all the plan for how consciousness is meant to evolve. And uh, and that's really what what the uh mayan pyramids uh, were there to symbolize uh, they they were typically or the most important ones uh, were, were built in nine terraces nine levels and those <coughs> terraces reflect states of consciousness but they also reflect wave movements like of e- evolutionary wave movements that you, we can track And uh, what is important about all of this is is that it becomes evident that um, there is a plan, there is an underlying reason for the existence of the universe. And uh, um, that is a a very significant knowledge to have, which differs again from probably not only from... um, from the official science, but also for, from most official religions. Uh, uh, and uh, um, so, uh, of course, knowing what, what the purpose is will uh, help the individual or, or, or compel maybe the individual to, to seek to live a little bit in accordance with what that plan seems to be. Mm. So it's sort of two kinds of perspective. You you might take the the very individual perspective, uh, which usually is provided then by the two hundred and sixty day sacred calendar. But you could also take the the big picture and realize that there's a there's a plan here. There's a cosmic plan in operation, and we're part of it. And the reason we're part of it is that you know it's it's our are states of consciousness that are part of it. and uh, um, it, it, it's a fascinating thing to learn about, basically how everything actually comes down to that. and there there you know you, in, in spiritual circus you f- often hear the words said that there are no a- accidents and that's exactly true. But what then is there? And that's what I would say the, the Mayan calendar provides.
0: Hmm. So uh, for somebody to just start to recognize the different days and then to potentially recognize the connection to the the greater, uh, the mm-hmm. greater days or the greater within themselves, a connection yeah. to the cosmos and a connection to themselves, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of awareness, which is a, what people Uh, typically every day of their life, they're not really thinking on terms of how I relate to the universe and, and uh, how am I resonating today? Um, Or, you know, or is it working against me? Is it working for me? Am I working against it? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, It's not necessarily something that people are keeping on top of mind, um, how they're approaching the world. And um, is that something that the Mayan did? Is there, I know there's very little uh, historical record, as far as what's been left behind uh, you know, what survived the fires. But uh, do we know that there was uh, an order of magnitude, maybe different uh, tiers of, of culture on these nine levels to attain special mastery to be able to go up higher and higher up the stairway or up the uh, the steps of the pyramids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um,
1: I I, I guess I want to put in here that, uh, you know, you you mentioned earlier that that there had been a lot of stories made up uh, when it came to what was happening in the uh, shift year, whether it's Ah. 2011 and 2012. Um, And uh, I guess I just want to add here that. Most of that was made up. Uh, In other words, it it did not come from the ancient Maya. But there is one uh, inscription uh, that uh, that comes from the ancient Maya about Exactly that shift, and uh, uh, that is something called the Tortuguero Monument Number Six, and Tortuguero is a smaller Mayan site uh, uh, that was a subsidiary of Palenque, the the more famous Mayan site. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that particular inscription, what it says is that the shift meant would mean that uh, the 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 entity the nine storied entity in other words what the the, the whole cosmic plan uh, w- w- which the the pyramids were built in order to symbolize uh, uh, that uh, cosmic plan would appear in its full regalia uh-huh. um, and uh, <clears throat> which means that, you know, they kind of look at, upon this, that we would look more as maybe a plan. They would look upon it also as a divine entity, like a god. And that's why they call it, he would uh, appear in, in his full regalia. Nice. And what what that means uh, is that... All, the full regalia means that all the nine levels that have been uh, driving the evolution uh, will then be active. Uh, the, the ninth wave w- was activated. The highest wave was activated only in March of, of 2011. And then all of those are, have been active since... And uh, we're still in in a somewhat complex situation where we have an interference pattern of of, uh, nine different waves that are creating our our current reality. And uh, um, it's worth to see that we we are at some kind of a point of completion, but that this completing process is, is still uh, continuing, um, um, and in addition to one other thing that I think is quite amazing is is the very fact that they wrote actually an inscription uh, in those days about what would ha- happen in our own time. Mm. Now, it's like if we would go out and and cut in stone some kind of inscription of, about what will happen in the year three thousand five hundred or something like that. Right. Nobody would do that, we, yeah. because we 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 don't have any feeling of of a certainty of what will happen in the year three thousand five hundred if, if we're here at all. But they did that, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, meaning that they they did have that feeling of, of we're all connected in time so to speak in, in accordance with a certain time plan and because there is a time plan well we can at least say something about what will happen about uh, with the effects of the different waves that uh, uh, that creates our, our reality um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I answered your question, but I, I'd say uh, at least I said That's something
0: that, that I wanted to say. Yeah, no, no, and so that what that gives me is, as far as uh, mental imagery is that, uh, and if I remember correctly, the waves uh, are faster and faster. Yes, or shorter, or short and shorter as they move. Right. Yeah. Is it that there is that one is going, and then it's like. Uh, what I'm getting in my mind is either a, a a pond with ripples, one drop, and then two octaves or two levels would be two drops instead of just one. So creating two, two dispersed, um, ripple effects, waves going at the same time, creating kind of a, uh, a different type of effect than just one. And then three would be three in a triangle, perhaps creating a, a different kind of pattern of consciousness. Four, well, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up—that kind mm-hmm. of idea. Something
1: like that. That uh, <clears throat> they, they, as you say, you know, the 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 frequency increases with every level. So the the whole cosmic evolutionary scheme is, is an increase in the frequency of with which uh, consciousness evolves, mm, okay. uh, and. Uh, uh, but then the, the the nine waves are kind of distinct, uh, and so they, <clears throat> only when uh, the, the ninth, when one wave has come to the, its uh, seventh peak, will the new wave be activated. And then a va- wave with a 20-fold higher frequency will be activated. And then the, the two of them will create a kind of an interference uh, pattern, uh, like, you, you, like you mentioned. And that interference patterns will create a little bit more complex reality compared to what, uh, uh, um, to what a single wave w- w- would give rise to right right uh, so it's it's a it's a, it's a uh, waves that are activated according to a to a pattern a, a pre set pattern predetermined pattern uh, and uh, <clears throat> that's that's what we are the results of in, in this perspective
0: so it it's more like steps where it's yeah uh, or increasing the octave that kind of progressive movement yeah. forward higher tone or something of that nature yeah um okay that, that yeah. makes sense now what happens at the end of the ninth wave
1: well as i understand it the waves do not end they mm. will continue you know what will be around here in in a billion years we don't know but the waves are presumably are will will continue to uh, to run Uh, so so it's not something that
0: ends and uh, yeah uh, yeah Yeah. so that it it evolves or it moves within infinity to keep uh keep sustaining a higher and higher frequency um so we're finding out a lot about the universe nowadays with science Mm -hmm. um we're finding out that we don't know as much as we thought we knew Mm -hmm. as far as the science goes and uh that we're that there's more to it than just a yeah. simple big bang, and and there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, I think, believe they move the time back, the time of when they think that the big bang happened, or they're not sure that it happened at all. Well, uh, mostly, but,
1: I don't think anybody really doubts that it happened at all. There, there's a lot of evidence that it did happen—a big bang. But what they have found is that um, it, it, they're pushing the time. Backwards for for that, and yeah. it, this wasn't known when I wrote my book, uh, the Living Universe. But I point out that there there must be a sort of a preparatory time before mm. the Big Bang. Otherwise, it would just be chaos, so to speak. Right. But but there is a, a like a geometry that a geometry of consciousness was probably laid in there. For about 2.5 billion years before the actual Big Bang, mm, and, uh, okay. and but but that's what the, this James Webb uh, Space Telescope is is pointing in that direction, and they also becoming clear that uh, they they cosmology as its practice is in some kind of a crisis. Uh, but not everyone is willing to consider uh, consciousness as something primary, as something uh, that, that is the most important aspect, the reason for the existence of the universe, even.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I really can't. Uh, I feel like uh, there was a lot of knowledge of this in the past, in the ancient past, an awareness that things did start in the consciousness sphere, before they even got to this complexity level that we're at, mm-hmm. um, and that we're kind of finding ourselves in a very short memory span existence, yeah. and only what we can write down is what gets preserved or spoken to the next person. It's it's very fragile. Um, yeah. So we just get lost in this movement of, of uh, existence. But this existence involves uh from my understanding uh is anything that's above uh 0 kelvin or whatever it is you know anything that has any form of uh movement or heat is conscious and i think feel like that's that part is really hard for people to grasp but it shouldn't be it's the very essence of everything that is that is consciousness yeah. Um, uh, it's almost, uh, it, you can see where it births, uh, religions and, and spiritual faiths because it has that element of, um, of consciousness all around, you know, it's very easy right. to take a piece and, you know, Jose Arguez can make a whole calendar and like a cult have a whole following based on something that has uh, a, a small basis in reality that uh can be glommed on and utilized and people do it all the time they just take a small fraction of truth yeah and roll with it because it's Mm -hmm. that kind of like uh uh, consciousness is kind of like that clay that can be molded and formed into many different things yeah um and and a lot of it works for whatever you're looking to make it work for yeah right but it's but it, it is uh finite because it's created outside of the or inside of the box, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do do we have evidence that the Mayans, outside of their calendar, is the calendar like really that thing that points to their understanding of consciousness? Is there anything else? Well, <clears throat> that's very hard to to uh,
1: speak of, so, so to speak. But um, what we do know that is is that uh, their idea of uh, time and the idea of calendars w- was quite pr- prominent you know it's not just that people have picked that out of the cal- uh, of their culture and then there was a whole big uh, chunk of other culture uh, you, you know the o- there are only four surviving books from Mayan ancient times and they're all calendars and uh, meaning that as far as we know all their books could have been calendars mm. and which means that they <clears throat> they looked upon uh, their existence within this framework or this evolutionary framework as i would call it <clears throat> and uh, that that's given by a, a spe- specific perception of time uh, that perception of time was not the one that we have today which is mostly about measuring time and and uh, uh-huh. always having a number for for what it is it was much more a a understanding of timing rather than uh, chronological measured time it was about the timing and yeah. and to to use calendrical symbols for cosmic energies for for symbols for consciousness in different forms um, and to use those symbols and, and um, uh, uh, based on that uh, also understand the timing of things and so they their prophetic art their prophetic, uh, uh, statements is based on that idea that there is an inherent timing in everything that what happened. And that's really what their calendars were uh, were meant uh, to, to mean. Um, then, you know, one thing you might mention when it comes to consciousness is that we, we do know that they extensively used uh, mushrooms uh, for for altering their states of consciousness, and uh, did that influence their calendar? Uh, who knows? Nobody knows. But uh, at least uh, it, it must have told them that there are different possible states of consciousness, uh, especially since this seems to have been a fairly uh, prevalent uh, part of their culture. You know, there are, there are, they found small little villages where they have like 300 sim, uh, uh, statues of, of mushrooms and and so forth <laughs> indicating that it was important to them and if you have that knowledge that different states of consciousness are possible well then then you have an opening to to uh, and deepen uh, to another deeper understanding of what consciousness is i would say
0: yeah Well, absolutely. And, and also you have the, uh, the Amazon, you have, uh, ayahuasca somehow the knowledge to brew two different, uh, elements together to create this, uh, this, uh, molecule, you know, to give quite an expansive, um, approach to consciousness for sure. A way to, to expand it. Now, a lot of ancient cultures, the Greeks had, uh, Kikian, i believe it's called or uh, something like that that was very similar to some kind of um potentially hallucinogenic uh, mm-hmm. brew that they would culturally socially uh, gather and do and kind of have a a community uh trip in yeah. unity yeah. uh, that was that was an initiation i believe into the into the mysteries yeah um you have um stories of in in the americas of uh the shamans and um prior to that or after that you have the priests for the mayans and different uh, cultures that used uh different forms of hallucinogenics which probably more than just mushrooms but mushrooms definitely play a part mm-hmm. uh, salvia divinorum's down there or from there um and uh to arrive at uh different knowledge that would not be readily accessible to just the everyday consciousness, uh, the person that is thinking about the concerns of everyday life. Um, This would be a way to break away from that. Uh, A lot of the spiritual path is uh, put upon a person, not necessarily something that they go and look for, but they find is uh, put on them from a high fever when they're a child, or some form of an experience that is a call to the spirit versus somebody's going out and looking for it. Uh, I believe the practice was uh, it's not something you look for; it finds you, and mm-hmm. you're chosen into that field. And then you, you know you rise up. I would assume that Mayan had a very similar culture to North American Native culture as well, that uh, it was based on kind of who was chosen. Maybe the calendar has a way to pick out that but I don't I don't think yeah. that that was this case but it may be
1: well to some extent it did I, I mean even today the the sacred calendar and what day you're born in and that will determine who might be a so-called daykeeper in Guatemala, especially a daykeeper then is is a, is' a shaman but it's a special kind of shaman it's a shaman that also uh, that has to keep track of, of the energies of the days uh, right. and uh, um, yeah i
0: love is that the jaguar uh it could ish? be
1: yes ish is 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 one of the day signs and is, uh,
0: yeah. i i happen to be born in in the ish in the jaguar. oh there you go okay. Yeah. Very good, I think I'm your uh what is that the ish is as uh, is a north sign right yes, you're right Yeah, and the north is uh is pronounced shaman or shaman I think so, so uh, yeah so yeah <laughs> so the tribe of the north would be considered the tribe of the shamans in a sense in that yeah. idea, which makes yeah. a lot of sense. it makes uh-huh. sense you know the yeah. word
1: shaman is si- Siberian if nothing else yeah.
0: I think it's X A M A N in uh, mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. one of the one of the. Yeah. Um, I American, think you're right. Uh, dialects there mm-hmm. uh, that tells us a little bit about um, their understanding of of people and consciousness and how to approach uh, life on on the planet as well uh, directionally. Uh, you know, you look the way the sun is going or where it's cold. It's in the north. Mm-hmm. It's cold. Uh, it's a place also of uh, mental power. And uh, so that's deemed, you know, the, the signs of the mind or the, me- the mental yeah. sphere. Uh, and you have it rising in the east. You have the red signs and setting in the west. You have the black or the blue. And then in, uh, you have uh, fruition, I guess, is what it is. Yellow in the south. It's just very uh, simple and very um, human method of approaching consciousness which i feel like is very approachable for people to just kind of say oh uh, you know what i kind of understand my place and what my temperament uh wants to do in this world based on those basic directions very simple and western astrology has the same kind of um, basis in it as well directional or uh fire earth air water it has that cross there's uh, crosses and the mayan had uh, a cross symbol as well right mm-hmm. the cross bearer was part yep. of the mayan um understanding of of um of the life yep. i believe right sure uh yeah. do we do we get a lot of evolution of consciousness visually in the in the stone that we have we see a visual like progression in the what did you say? In the stone? In in the uh, in the carvings that we have, or maybe in the oh in okay. the codexes. Maybe in the codexes. I'm not really sure if it's in the codexes or not. But um, do we see it? You know, carved in stone that there's this progression of consciousness that a person can kind of uh, undertake. Um.
1: Well, what there is, you know, in in times of hard facts, uh, um, is uh, there is something called the books of Chilam Balaam, um, which really means the, the books of the Jaguar prophet. Mm. And it was written a, a little bit before the uh, arrival of the Europeans in, in Mexico. Um, and uh, uh, what, what that holds is a lot of descriptions about Certain time periods symbolized with the kind of symbols that you're mentioning here, um, and, and meaning that it, it just tells us that um, they had that overall view that there were time periods that were dominated, for instance, by by the north or or mm. a particular day sign, and, and, and so forth. Um, I would probably say that. Uh, even though that is a that's a, a, a truthful f- way of understanding reality in in general uh, they hardly had the kind of overview of the entire uh, planet in right. order to really do correct uh, uh, predictions and uh, Prophecy, so to speak. Sometimes they did, but mostly they—they, they, you know—they're living on this very small isthmus uh, in, in in Central America, really, and and uh, that doesn't give you uh, the the whole perspective, I would right. say. But today we have the uh, ability to have the whole perspective, or at least a very much bigger perspective and we we for instance know the difference in in mentality b- between the people of the east and the people of the west and or at mm-hmm. least Historically speaking, there's been quite distinct differences between these. And yeah. uh, also we can make other distinctions between the northern and the, and the southern hemispheres and so forth. And so today we, we do have a, a ability to see much more of the patterns that are associated with these uh, the four directions and their the different symbols. Uh, but they... They did provide the basic idea that yes, there are time periods, and the time periods are associated with with the with the, uh, geographical directions or symbols of deities that carried certain qualities and 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 so forth. So mm-hmm. so so that is important. Uh, that w- at, at least we have that from them.
0: Yeah. So we basically need to, uh, glean as much as we can from what's left over and advance it. Don't just leave yeah. it there, but yeah. advance forward with yeah. it and say, where were we trying to go with this yeah. as a people and where can we take this to the future? Knowing yeah. what we know now, which is, um, you know, much more advanced than, uh, than that culture as far as our technology goes and our ability yeah. to experience the world, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, mm. we can do what we're doing right now, you know, yeah. through, through the waves. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you, are you in, you're in the United States, right? Yes. I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, okay. Mm. I love Santa Fe. Yeah. Um,
1: a what lot of are good you? culture there.
0: I'm in uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Central, c- Central East. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Santa Fe is a great area. Uh, you have uh, a lot of native culture still very strong there. Yeah. Um, I believe at some point in time I was driving to put the radio on and uh, it, was, uh, it was, I think it was uh, Pueblo, uh, native language on the radio that I was hearing. I was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know. that's right. Yeah. 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 It's a great area. Uh, you have the Gila National Forest there. I believe the, uh, is it the Apache that, uh, that populated that area? Okay.
1: In the Southern part of the state.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got the cliff dwellings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very neat area. I, I believe that, um, they used to trade from far central America all the way up into Canada along the, along that path, uh, the Rocky mountains. Yeah. Um,
1: they have found uh, feathers from for instance from Macau birds that only live down in the in the mm-hmm. jungles of Guatemala and they have found them here in Chaco Canyon and uh, the Fletcher. oh
0: yeah 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 so those clear and so it's a lot of uh, a history even though there's not a lot left over for people to 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 see um do you go into um uh, previous civilizations that maybe aren't uh, readily accessible at all in your book? Um,
1: well, it depends on what you mean by that. You know, uh, you, you mean early civilizations? Early, early, yeah. yeah. Maybe
0: early great civilizations that uh, yeah. fell prior to what we know as far as written history or.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think that existed uh mm. it but it depends you know the first thing when we discuss this is to have some kind of a definition of what is a civilization Um civilization <clears throat> it, it, you know it comes from the Latin word civitas which means city so mm. a civilization needs to have a city life mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> and what that means uh, and and um that, you know, there's no evidence of any city life to talk about earlier than five thousand years ago, and I don't think there was anything like that. Mm-hmm. I do think that people might have been more spiritually evolved before civilizations began, because it's a it's a shift in consciousness that led to the creation of of uh, uh, civilizations, uh, and that particular. Uh, um, consciousness shift it was uh, that people downloaded from the cosmos a uh, new very rigid uh, geometry mm-hmm. uh, with perpendicular lines and so forth and you know they as people felt that this is something that's coming from above like uh, Uh, like something to download they sort of enthusiastically started to build pyramids and and cities and and so forth it was a completely new world that actually comes out of a shift in consciousness before that people might have been much more in in, in unity with each other Uh, they might have had uh, ability to you know many abilities that that uh, later was, were lost, but there was no high-tech. That's right, I, right. And and I think this is, you know, it's very common today to, to say there was a high-tech civilization and so forth. But there's no, in, I'm, I'm a scientist, you know, I, I was very much trained as a scientist. And, and if you have zero evidence of anything like that, you, you can't propose it. Either. even a hypothesis need to have some kind of evidence and the evidence that we have in terms of material technological uh, things from this time there is a lot of evidence it's just that it's sort of typical stone age things, it's not anything right. uh, technologically advanced that came from this uh, time i would say it's it's kind of the other way around that um, you will either have a spiritually advanced culture that where where people are in a kind of a unity or you'll have a technologically advanced uh, civilization which, which sort of uh, in many ways tends to simply suppress the kind of the uh, uh, spiritual unity that, that in principle is possible. And the, the way to look at this is, uh, the, the way I have looked at it uh, though, is that each layer, each level of the pyramid carries a certain state of consciousness. And... Uh, the the four lowest levels are just about biological evolution, and you might say uh, that the end product of that is the human being that that comes that we are part of. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then, not the, not immediately, not not uh, immediately. That's dated to about one hundred sixty thousand years ago when the. Uh, when the Homo sapiens came into existence. But then 100,000 years ago, it begins the fifth wave. And that's a wave that suddenly allows people to start to create symbols, create art, and they become creative. They're no longer just animals, basically, like like we were before that point in time. Mm -hmm. And it's something we download. And then comes the whole uh, history of ev- evolution that's hard to track because there aren't that many material phenomena left from this time. But we do have like cliff paintings, cave paintings. We have certain sculptures and so forth that, that point to that. In those days, people were in a state that was in many ways reminiscent of, of a shamanic state of consciousness. They, mm. they were ha- half human, half animals, is what we see on these pictures from, from, uh, from what they left behind and, uh, and so forth. Until comes the sixth wave, the, wave, the long count of the maya, that started 3,115 BC. And then suddenly, you know, appears civilizations, not only in Egypt and Mesopotamia and the Indus Valley, but they they found pyramids from that point in time, uh, Everywhere. From 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 Mongolia from and uh, and from from Peru, there is a civilization discovered that, which is considered the earliest uh, American civilization in a place called Caral, where there are I don't know twenty different pyramids or something like that, and that. What this tells us, the fact that it it happened essentially simultaneously in different parts of of the world, where most likely they had no contact with each other, Uh, it it tells us that they downloaded from the cosmos at the same time a shift in their mind, Mm -hmm. and they—they meaning that they began to leave behind that kind of. uh, more mythological, more, uh, uh, more. Um, what should I say? Ancestral uh, uh, state right. of consciousness th- that they had been in uh, before, and then yeah. came. There's a lot of negative things that came with uh, civilization, but obviously there are also some good things that came out of it, and and people started to be able to do certain things that they had not done before um but that but then it you know i should add it, it all at the current time the ninth wave that was the highest wave on on the pyramid the highest level of consciousness with the highest frequency that that is in a certain way a return to the fifth wave the the time of the early shamanic pre-civilized world, and, uh, um, I, I think that's what a lot of people are, are looking for—that mm. that state of consciousness, a unified state of consciousness—and uh, um, uh, and it's it's a it is a return. We, we humanity uh, has gone f- through from unity through separation on a certain number of levels and back towards unity again. So that's. That, that that is something that makes the mayan calendar so special is the fact that it has a direction it it's not just sort of a, a line of time with no meaning it mm. does have a, a direction and the, the the direction is to go back to that kind of unified state of consciousness where where we're not uh, projecting negativity onto others or, or creating conflicts because of, of a dualist state of consciousness that, that uh, ruled before, mm. but history becomes very understandable in this uh, perspective. Um, and uh, but then you have to follow what actually the the. The findings, the, the records, the archaeological records are, are saying, and not just creating your own fantasies uh, as to what happened.
0: Um, You're right. To fill in the gaps, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. There is definitely a lot of evidence of a movement from consciousness in the production of stone tools and um, in cave art as well. Yep. And uh, in Cave Art, you can kind of, I've always seen Cave Art as uh, that warrior or shaman that, you know, he's merged with this animal because maybe he just had a that kill. He just had a fresh kill and he conquered the animal. Now he's he's conquered the animal. And it's kind of carries forward in a tribal sense that you are one with that animal because you've taken its spirit or its soul in in harmony or whatever. But you've, you've. You've yeah. become that you've become that animal now. So you're part that animal, part this person, and you could be then called, you know, yeah. rabbit man or whatever. <laughs> you know? But then you right. draw it on the cave because it's an achievement,
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: success, it's very good. And, and the and the tribe ate, then we're all happy. Yeah. And it's much more nomadic. Yeah. And you know, an understanding of, of uh consciousness has to be uh a level of complete uh faith in each other. And just like any kind of nomadic tribe would be fully linked, fully communal. Uh, everybody has a job and everybody does it. That's just the way it is. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's not a lot of uh, in between. And it is that, uh, that uh, complexity that creates a change in how one relates to another. Because there is that, well, the introduction of the Sumerians give us the introduction of all these different things all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, things to trade versus just hunting and gathering and feeding. Um, there, I, There's a new report out about, uh, they believe, like the, uh, the farmers in, I, I can't remember exactly where, and you might know, you might have read this, uh, the farmers in, I don't think it was Sweden, but somewhere very far north, uh, there's just this slaughter of hunter-gatherers from the farmers that live there. It's kind of like a last stand for the, what they're calling the last stand for the hunter-gatherers. Perhaps they were nomadic, traveling back and forth every year based on the sun, and a part of them many hundreds of years prior stayed and farmed, and maybe it was uh, not a good relation. And that probably would sit around one of the uh, time periods of these new waves coming in. Mm-hmm. Where hmm. One culture is conquering another culture for its uh, stability or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, does the I know th- there's a Terence McKenna came up with this idea that uh, potentially that uh, hunter gatherers ingested mushrooms and yeah. this led towards an increase in communication, an increase in understanding and logic and uh, language. That this could have happened a very long time ago, but it, it made uh, Homo sapiens sapien what they are uh, versus what you know the other uh, creatures and other I guess it would be uh, Homo variety would be uh, that gave us kind of an idea of language and collaboration and potentially that shifted us in uh, consciousness.
1: Yeah. They called it the stoned ape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I I I don't believe in it, but um, um, yeah, I can understand that. You know, I, unless unless people realize that evolution is quantized, in other words, that uh, there are quantum leaps taking place at particular points in time, given by the Mayan calendar then uh, you will have to make up uh, those kinds mm. of, like <laughs> he did. And it's a funny right. idea, so to speak. Yeah, um, <laughs> gets a good laugh, uh, right? But yeah, uh, and he was an entertainer in, <laughs> in many ways, at least he was, but also had some very interesting thoughts around yeah. was
0: listening to. A before. vibrant speaker. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I can tell you my view, of uh, how psychedelics work, um, which is that um, I have a book called Quantum Science of Psychedelics. And uh, my view is, first of all, that before civilization, before 5,000 years ago when the sixth wave was activated, people did not use psychedelics. Because there was no reason to do it. They were already in a unity state of consciousness, so to speak. It only came into use when uh, uh, people downloaded this new geometrically structured uh, mind. That came with the sixth wave and that particular state of consciousness. but Because that state of consciousness also created a separation from the source. Right. I can't explain here how it works, uh, really. But that separation from the source also created the desire of, of people to, to go back to that original state of unity that they might have experienced in in this previous fifth wave. And and psychedelics are are serving exactly to to do so. Um, And, uh, you know, if you you look at the civilized mind, uh, it it is created through uh, boundaries that are geometrically structured boundaries. and we don't see these. it's not a physical thing, so to speak in in this right. sense, but it's something we download from the cosmos. but then if, the, <clears throat> if, if if that can be disengaged, if that state of consciousness can be disengaged, what that means is that you you're uh, suddenly, open to any kind of waves that are coming in from the cosmos, uh, mm. and, and uh, you, anything may happen, so to speak, which is typical with for experiences people have with with, with psychedelics. And uh, it, it's an interesting observation that you know the most common uh, um, experience people have with ayahuasca is to see serpents. And uh-huh. serpents, as I'm arguing here, are these waves. It's just a, the, the symbol that ancient peoples were using in order to uh, symbolize the existence of sine waves that were creating their minds and creating their their re- realities. And so w- what psychedelics do is that they react with certain uh, receptors. Uh, they're like seven seven uh, helical receptors and when that when that reaction takes place and that's just sort of fact that that that's how psychedelics work they react with these seven helical re- receptors um, but it's interesting that it conforms to that seven wave that that is is fundamentally in understanding the Mayan calendar system, and That's then, <laughs> then that breaks up the structure that 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 has created this kind of rigid and civilized person that that created that built the pyramids and all that other stuff, but but also lost that unity, and that unity then people are you've seen it coming back the desire for that unity to to Uh re-emerge and so there we have again that we we went we went from unity created this civilization of, of separation because we downloaded a new state of consciousness but then that leaves us unhappy with our spiritual state, and so we, we want to go back to that unified uh, state of consciousness, and that's one of the one of the various practices people can do in order to do so is, is to use psychedelics. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, I get that because it gives you a sense of unity of consciousness, of uh, an ability to explore. Uh, self-exploration, and um, and then I can see also the download uh, as, a, as a relevant uh, piece yeah. to it. Uh, yeah. A lot of uh, shamanic uh, guide work where you can go into this other realm and um, look for things and help people, all sorts of things that come out of uh, traversing this other dimension to, yeah. to life. Uh, not yeah. separate, but a part of it, but uh, just separated. Um, very hard to access based on the technology, of course. I find it very interesting that a lot of technology kind of tries to, or tries to, it it is taking or mimicking a a natural process. Um, Whereas we're using something where we're talking when we're not in each other's presence, this could be seen as like a telepathy of sorts that has been super Mm -hmm. enhanced by technology. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of mechanisms that are coming about technologically that yep. are quite possibly inherent natural abilities that we already mm-hmm. have. Um, yeah. Do you think that that would also uh, further suppress those abilities in us if we're not uh, utilizing or flexing that muscle, so to yeah, speak? I think so. Yeah.
1: I, I, and I think uh, at this point in time, we should uh, flex that muscle yeah. <laughs> as much as we can. And, and you you see a lot of people uh, doing that or you know doing things that goes in that direction
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, um, sort of seeking some all archaic way of being you know what comes to mind for instance is this you know, the, the Iceman, I take it, oh, yeah. of it Wim Hof, it, it's, it, it's in a way it's, it, you know, people are doing these cold baths and, and stuff like that. In a way, it's sort of just going back to the pre-civilized era. And mm. the reason is that it, it carried a, more of a unity and, and um, Unity with the divine, but also yeah. unity with nature and and other human beings. Mm-hmm. But that's just an example. You, if you start looking at it, people are in different ways seeking these more uh, archaic ways. Even though that, you know, we still probably want to live in warm houses. It's uh, it's not so certain <laughs> anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. that's and that there there are certain. Um, Conveniences that we we enjoy, uh, yeah. We just have we just have to be, I think, cognizant of the trade off, yeah, and uh, and uh grateful that yeah. we have what we have, but without losing sight or connection, and that's I think the trick is yeah. that a lot of us have to actually find our way out of our little box to mm-hmm. recognize that there is a connection there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think quantum uh, science. Has a lot of uh, awareness to it that draws people to gain a, a kind of an idea scientifically of how yeah. we're connected in strange and unusual ways. If it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, do you go into a lot of the quiet uh, modern quantum um, discoveries that have been made in your book? Yeah, I do.
1: I certainly do. I certainly talk about entanglement and. Uh, Uh, um, macrocosmic quantum theory and uh, uh, I have probably been doing it in my three last books The the Nine Ways of Creation uh, uh, Quantum Science of Psychedelics and uh, The Living Universe Um, because um, well if nothing else uh, quantum theory is the today's uh, theory of Modern physics to describe reality
0: oh, I lost your audio there Okay oh, There you go
1: okay. <laughs> so I I my, my computer is a little bit sensitive uh, uh, modern physics uh, pre- the, the way it presents uh, its picture of reality is fundamentally through con- uh, quantum theory so it's something you have to relate to it, it, uh, it, it's no longer you know it's not uh, uh, the- hypothetical activity and newton's theories uh, and so forth. it does they they don't really talk about the ultimate n- uh, nature of reality in the same way as quantum science does and right. uh, is much of quantum science can be made to uh, under for us to understand how we are connected uh, uh, not only between ourselves but also uh, with the universe at at large and so so yes i certainly go into
0: that a lot excellent excellent well i really appreciate having you on the show and for you being here and going through all this a lot of uh uh, great discussion and a lot of information. Um, I uh, will have the link for the book and your website in the description of the show. Uh, did you have anything you would like to say to the uh, listeners prior to going?
1: Um, yes, uh, maybe so. Thank you for having me, and I enjoyed talking to you and and uh, discussing these matters. Uh, um, I, I, you know, from from a Mayan calendar perspective, uh, I do believe that the, the coming years will be hard. Um, and, uh, but also, I, I do believe that in the year 2031, which is, you know, it's a certain time from now. It's what is it? Seven years or so. Um, then things will be. Change, or at least politically speaking, I would say things are, will be starting to be a little bit better. Right. Um, um, better meaning more more freedom and more democracy in, in, than than we are seeing in the world today. But uh, uh, I, I, I personally don't expect the times to be very smooth that we're yeah. facing most immediately here. Uh, but then again, there, there is a plan, and it, it's meant for us to come back to, through, uh, you know, because of the very complex uh, interference pattern that we're in now, uh, there will be a complex time to go through. But it, we're all meant to go through it and, and back to a, a completely new reality in in a, based on a state of unity consciousness.
0: Wow. and that'd be twenty thirty one.
1: That's when it will wow. start to turn for the better. I yeah. think.
0: Okay. Yeah, the root. The root will uh, <laughs> will find the root of the tree there. <laughs> yeah,
1: something like very that. Very good.
0: Very good. Well, Carl, very wonderful discussion. Uh, you got a lot of knowledge and uh, definitely encourage everybody to get your new book, The Living Universe. And uh, I really look forward to uh, another conversation in the future. Thank you. Let's do that. Thank you, sir. Take care.